Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, college students, are you looking for a way to get ahead this summer? Northwestern University is offering hundreds of undergrad courses online this summer. Choose an intensive sequence in learning. Registration is open now. Visit northwestern.edu slash summer for details. Your Bidrowski show for Thursday, July 2nd is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank these unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And of course, today's Bidrowski show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. All right, we got a song of the day request. Uh-oh. <clears throat> now, the live streamers are very kind to you. They pick songs that you know. Oh, ancient songs. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Remember the one guy at, uh, what was it, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs? Or Sam, yeah. Man. Bullet, bullet. Bullet, bullet. All right. I'll never forget when someone asked you to do Bulls on Parade and you turned it into a song about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> By the way, I've since subsequently, whoever requested that, I've looked at the lyrics and they're Freaking outstanding. Yeah. Jim's request okay. for the song of the day uh-huh. is one by Ray Charles. Ooh. Hit the road, Jack. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Thursday. July 2nd, and still live from Ben's attic. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, he's a union man and a pension guru. Mm-hmm. He's IBEW's Jeff Johnson. And now your host, don't sing that song anymore. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Kellyanne's Daughter Thursday. And here's why. So last night, while doing my yoga, my wife broke the news. And yes, D, every night I do my yoga. Stretch. Stretch. Do you do that when you do yoga? Stretch. <laughs> Stretch. I will now do a backstroke. Oh, God, it feels good. Mm. Oh. oh, sorry. <clears throat> sure to do. Yeah. Uh, don't do yoga while doing a show. Yeah, anyway, she broke the news to me. Beep, 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 beep. That's the sound of breaking news. Oh, and your wife does that when <laughs> she has news? Beep, 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 beep. What an interesting couple. <laughs> and it's about 1230. 
you know, or getting ready to go to bed. Anyway, she broke the news. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway's daughter is TikToking nasty things about Donald John Trump. She broke that news to me at about 1230 this morning, folks, at which point I had a choice. Do I act like I know that fact or do I come clean and say, what? <clears throat> fact is, I'm supposed to know absolutely everything. And this is a title I have, a position I have in society because I know a lot about TIFFs, an exceedingly complicated, convoluted topic that nobody else cares about. Yeah, uh, just on politics <laughs> and TIFFs. No one's coming to you with, uh, you know, no, equations no, no. or chemistry. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. This is reality in my life. People think I know everything about everything, even though I don't know lots and lots and lots of stuff. Ben, what do you think about chemistry and equations? Well, it's, thank for asking me that question. I ben, know nothing. what is the square root of 797? Oh, the 39 steps. The 39 steps is an international organ. Anyway, focus, Ben, focus. Uh, so if you know something really complicated, convoluted, that nobody else knows about, they think you know everything, and the reality is I don't know a lot of things like... I knew nothing about Kellyanne Conway's daughter. In fact, until my wife broke me that news, I didn't even know Kellyanne Conway had a daughter. It never occurred to me in a million years that she had a daughter. Now, another confession I must make. I've said this on the show, and uh, I actually think it's beyond me in terms of the issue of how we get our news. As I've said many times, I essentially follow the news in 24-hour cycles when three newspapers are delivered to my house every day. The New York Times, the Sun Times, and the Tribune. That's generally how I get my news. Uh, and they're always 24 beh hours behind the time, so I miss a lot of good stuff, which, for instance, Dennis knows about because he's constantly getting updates on his phone so it's like dennis you were the one who told me about chaz remember that i didn't know about chaz yeah, yeah. and then and then for, i was calling it chaz and i didn't realize it was chop okay they I, changed it on yeah, us they changed it on it and then yesterday they shut it down which finally made the new york times so if you just rely i acknowledge this ladies and gentlemen i acknowledge this if you're just an old fogey like me and you're relying on newspapers that come every 24 hours you're going to be a little behind at times yes yes it's true uh case in point me and Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Shelly Ann Conway, right? <laughs> That's her name, Shelly? No, but that should be her name, ah. uh, Shelly Ann. Hi, I'm Shelly Ann. Uh, hey, Shelly Ann, what's your name now? Anyway, sorry, song. Um, that's Carrie Ann. Uh, but back to Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Her name is Claudia. She's 15 years old, and she despises Trump. Uh, Trump's agenda and MAGA, which is what Trump calls his followers. He calls them MAGA. Uh, she despises them about as much as I do, uh, which is really news, I must confess, because she is Kellyanne Conway's daughter. And as we all know, Kellyanne Conway is number one, responsible for electing Donald Trump and number two, always defending him. So, uh, by the way, shout out to Ken Davis. Uh, Ken Davis was the number one. <laughs> I love it when you come in late with the number one. Uh, we already did the number one thing. Uh, shout out to Ken Davis. Number two. <laughs> you also said two. Uh, uh, shout out to Kenny D. He was the first person who told me uh, how brilliant in a diabolically evil way Kellyanne Conway was. And he was the first person in your uh, wheel of impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Not a word said, but sounded just like him. Uh, anyway, uh, young Kenneth Davis was the first person to point out, you got to admit, Ben, he's doing, she's doing a pretty good job. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, it is big news that Kellyanne Conway's uh, daughter is uh, 
TikToking out nasty things about Donald Trump. On the other hand, she's only 15 years old, and there's something, I don't know, how do I put this, D? Kind of borderline pervy about a bunch of adults looking at her TikTok page. Is that what you, do we call it a TikTok page? Yeah, yeah. Uh, her TikTok site, or reading, if she tweets, reading what she tweets, or just, I, there's something weird about it. I'm just saying, D, just, I could be old school on this, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, but then again, on the other hand, and I realize I'm running out of hands here. I got to get a new hand. <laughs> on the other hand, which is the third hand, some of her stuff is pretty good, like this one, which I will now read. Hold on. Let me recite this. Drink of water, D. Hold on. There you go. Oh, and a gargle. <laughs> oh, you listeners are lucky today. Yeah, here we go. This is from uh, Claudia Conway's TikTok page. I don't know if it's TikTok or tweet. Don't quote me on this. It's from her. We all right? never do. <laughs> don't quote me, all right? You know, I heard Ben Jarofsky uh, say that uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter said this on her TikTok page. That would be wrong. It could be the Twitter. Who knows? But this is what she said. Quote, and I'm just going to read this as though I were a newsreader on the station with the butter cow. Here we go. Why do people hate on Trump supporters? Like, can't we just respect everyone's opinions? Psych. Nah. <laughs> Block me, please. Did uh, she say psych? Yes. And I give her credit. She's 15? She, she said psych, and she wrote it, S-I-K-E. Which, I, you know, I was like, whoa, that's... <laughs> I got to admit, that's pretty cool, you know? I, just, <laughs> I mean, maybe in 1991. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I don't know. Psych, I, I haven't heard psych in a long time. Psych? So now, ever since then, I, I've been doing imitations of Kellyanne Conway's daughter, even though I don't really know what she sounds. And it's really just an imitation of the daughter from Schitt's Creek. So it's like, David! <laughs> Which is, you know, as we all know, I just sort of, Use one imitation uh, for a lot of different things. You know, Dave, why waste a good imitation? You know what I, I'm uh, saying? I'm I get that. Uh, so anyway, so I learned about this last night from my wife who had read it on some Facebook wall, off a Facebook wall of one of her friends. I'm not quite sure what the source was, but that's how I found out about it. And the next day, I eagerly looked through my three newspapers, the New York Times, the Sun Times, and the Trib, and there was not one mention of Claudia Conway. All right, D? Not one mention. Now this, I have to say, I can't believe that the people at the New York Times are not aware of Claudia Conway's existence and the fact that she's TikToking out nasty things about Donald Trump. I gotta figure there must be one millennial on the New York Times uh, editorial staff who's like, oh my God, David! Just the millennial in there. David! It's really shit's Creek. He loves that show, everybody. I haven't watched it. I really miss it. I haven't seen it in over a month. Uh, so, you know, so I'm sure they um, had a discussion about it. And I'm sure they're aware that it, you know, it's ironic. That's a favorite New York Times NPR term. Ironic. It's ironic that the daughter of Kellyanne Conway would be anti-Trump. So it's ironic. So irony is good enough. Uh, for them to write about it. But I guess they just figured it wasn't worthy of New York Times news status because they didn't put it in the paper. D, by tomorrow's paper, uh, it might might be in there. But uh, yeah, so they had, I'm sure they discussed it at their editorial board meeting, but they didn't put it in their paper. But anyway, on the other hand, I just want everybody to know that we at the Ben Jarofsky Show have the equivalent 
of editorial meetings all the time. The problem is that we... <laughs> the problem is... <laughs> the problem is we only have two people on the Ben Jarofsky show. Me and Dennis, okay? So, in order to... Hi. <laughs> in order to make it seem like we're having this really great, varied discussion, Dennis has to do different people. So, for instance, uh, we'll have a discussion on should we have... Uh, a conversation about Kellyanne Conway's daughter, and Dennis will weigh in as J.B. Pritzker, <laughs> Lori Lightfoot, <laughs> Bruce Rauner, uh, Joe Rogan. It's crazy. Bill Barr. Bill Burr. Burr. Yeah. I ain't a lunatic. Marge Simpson. Lisa needs braces. Monroe Anderson. Happy Monday. Ed Maher. <laughs> And today's guest, Jeff Johnson. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway. And the guy from uh, King of the Hill. Let's not oh, forget. Oh, that's my best one. <laughs> that boy ain't right. <laughs> oh, God. I, mean, I, I warned Dennis. Uh, get ready. <laughs> he didn't really realize that was coming. I also do Jay-Z. I figured I could do Jay-Z. I learned that uh, a yeah, while ago. I did not know you do Jay-Z. Yeah. You want to hear my Jay-Z? Yeah, do- All right. Well, one thing that people in New York do, instead of saying the letter R, they yeah. say Ara. I don't know why. Ara. Yeah. So here's Jay-Z uh, saying uh, R. Ara. Hova. Ara. Ara. Now, do Jay-Z discussing whether we should uh, talk about Claudia, <laughs> Claudia Conway's TikTok page. Yeah, no clue this was coming, did you, listeners? Ara. TikTok. <laughs> Kellyanne. You crazy on that one, Kelly. Oh, that's excellent, man. That's really good stuff. Uh, by the way, Jay-Z, anytime you want to be a guest on the show, feel free to give Dennis a call. Uh, so anyway, yes, I think it's newsworthy uh, and worthy of discussion that uh, Kellyanne Conway's 15-year-old daughter, uh, Claudia Conway, is ripping Trump. I urge her uh, to continue to rip Trump. I agree with her 100% that Donald John Trump is a travesty and a disgrace. Uh, and we number one on our list. Number one on our list of things to do this year is to vote him out of office, and that's why I say, too bad, Claudia Conway's Number only... Number one. <laughs> uh, too bad, Claudia Conway's only 15. Because we need every vote we can get in November. We've got a great show today, everybody. Jeff J.J. Johnson will be in the studio. T- well, if he's not pissed, then I just did an impression of him. Uh, come on, do it again. <laughs> Jeff Johnson will be in here. We'll be talking pensions. He thinks he's ducking and dodging this. I'm going to ask him, should the city of Chicago release the full report on Eddie Johnson? Yes. I'm going to ask him that. That's on my mind. <laughs> the things I get obsessed with, D. Uh, anyway, plenty of conversation, a lot of pension talk with uh, Jeff Johnson. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man back home that they call, what do they call him these days? Uh, D-Nice with the news. Hey, guys. He's just Dennis, actually. Hey, what do you say we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, huh? Sounds good to me. By the way, we're now in the month of July, which means that the year 2020 is halfway over. I think I can speak for all of us when I say hallelujah. (laughs) Now, our editor, Leah, 
mm. has went and asked all of you this question on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she has. I haven't checked, but I'm assuming she has. If not, she will eventually. Uh, and Ben Jaromsky, I will ask you this question as well. Okay. If you could describe the first half of the year 2020 in one word, what would it be and why? You're asking me now? Yes, sir. Well, I would, my, I'm not allowed to say the word because you don't let me swear, but uh, I'll just say it begins with an F and it's awful. Just awful. That's, that's, this year is just, okay. But you know what, D? Let me just look on the bright side. I feel as though. Our country is finally coming to terms with issues that have been around for hundreds of years, which, and I'm just going to say in terms of my life, I'm old, but I'm not hundreds of years old, but these are issues that, uh, <laughs> that have been around my whole life. And suddenly it's, it's like a light went on. I don't know how long the light will stay on, but it is good that we are discussing this. The great Adolfo Mondragon told me this, D, back in 2016. Uh, Dolfo, uh, after Trump was elected, he said, you know, Benny, this could be a good thing for, I could not see how it could be a good thing, you know what I'm saying? But he said, it could be a good thing for America. We might actually have some legitimate resistance going on. Uh, Dolfo was very wise young man uh, and he predicted that so uh, of course if Donald John Trump is reelected in November 2021 could be even worse than 2020, D. So, I'm uh, going glass half full with my word to describe the first half of 2020. And that word is? Humbled. I've been humbled by all this. Like, wow. oh, I'm kind of really appreciating the small things that I really maybe not didn't appreciate. How about that, huh? That is... By the way, can I just say this about D? This is the only guy in America that has come out of the quarantine looking better than he did when he went into the quarantine. This guy looks like a freaking studlet. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. But he does. The other day, I saw him. He was doing push-ups in the middle of the show. I turn around. He's like, "That's what I do." Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, quick ten. Oh, was was that all? Quick ten. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, humble is a great word. It is very humbling. Uh, That is actually a very. uh, It's an outstanding word because just something like the fact that uh, we don't have sports. You know what I'm saying? We just expect (laughs) it. Yeah. Like we always. Turn on the TV and there's sports and these superstars making gazillions. All of a sudden, we don't have it. It's just like, huh? What? That's gone. I mean, that's just one little thing, you know? And just everything shuts down. Everything we took for granted is gone. Movies, restaurants. So you're right. It is a very uh, humbling. But I don't, I don't think Americans are acting very humble these days. You know what I mean? Americans can only be humble for like a month. Like, all right, tired of the humble act. I'm going to Wisconsin to a bar. I'm going to spew germs on other people. And now Chicago is just like Wisconsin. Uh, everybody's going to bars. Uh, enough of the humble act. So, yeah, humble's a great word, but humility is something, it's not something that Chicagoans do well, D. I, you know what? Americans, I'm not, stop picking on Chicago. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's, that is uh, damn near all of our listeners, so that'd be great if you did that. No, I know it would be good. A lot of our <laughs> listeners are from Chicago. Although we have quite a few from Kentucky. Who knew? I'm, like, I'm going to do it like the butter cow guy. Kentucky! <laughs> you love the butter cow clip. In... 1922. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Wait for it, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, Ben's, uh, Ben's word to describe 2020, the first half, is the F word. <laughs> Mine's humbled. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk, 
That's right. It's made entirely out of butter, and it, you know it's a All safe tradition now. since at least 1922. <laughs> Guarantee we're the only show with that clip. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm just because <laughs> I didn't go to radio school, man. I should have gone to radio school. <laughs> Imagine no, you shouldn't. My, my career would be, D, I'd still be on AM radio. Oh, you okay. kick my ass to the curb. <laughs> well, we're going to do a post right now. <laughs> Live stream chat. What say you? What's your word to describe the first half of 2020? Uh, one word and why. We're going to read that at the end of the segment. All right. Local news. All right, let's, let's do get this. down to it. Come on. <laughs> no public events scheduled for our Illinois governor. Hey, JB. You got a little free time. I don't know. How about a quick update on how we're all doing in uh, your five-phase strategy to restore Illinois? We all know we're in phase four. Starting to feel like we may have done that a little premature. Yeah, let's go back to three, all right? Governor Pritzker, please impart some wisdom. Let's begin with phase one. Uh, not cool, JB. <laughs> not cool at all. Phase one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hey, we do have an update, though, on Governor Pritzker's newest arch nemesis oh. and no one's favorite <laughs> Illinois Republican. He may be mine, though. He does make my job a lot easier. Around here, we call him DB. And no, that does not stand for douchebag. <laughs> it stands for Darren Bailey. That's correct. DB, DB, DB. He's the downstate representative who, since day one, has defied Governor Pritzker's stay-at-home order. In fact, he's currently in court with the governor over the matter. And boy, is the following story rich. Speaking of, shout out to Capital Facts' Rich Miller for bringing this to my attention. Check out Capital Facts, guys. That's facts like a fax machine for the latest in Illinois news. And boy, this is right in the Benny J Show's lane here. So, <laughs> the last we heard from Darren Bailey, it was last week, when he channeled his inner Benny J and published an op-ed piece. Ben, I can't recall offhand. What were your thoughts on that op-ed? You loved it, no? Uh, yeah. First of all, I didn't believe he wrote it. And secondly, I had doubts as to whether he even read it. So that was my general opinion. That's general, my general opinion. Anytime any elected official uh, ever has an op-ed piece published. Well, you know, mm, mm, mm. Okay, well, you called him out for not writing it, but what were your thoughts on uh, what was written? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, boy, he loved it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the brilliance oh. of the eloquence of the word, the phraseology, the, the the insightfulness of the metaphors that you choose to illustrate your and illuminate your points. It was like Murakami. I was up all night reading it once, then I read it again, and a third time. DB. All I can remember in the in the op-ed was uh, a question: uh, Who's going to feed them hogs? <laughs> oh, Shout man. out to who's going to cash his federal checks that he gets for not. Feeding the hogs. Shout out to Fred on the live stream chat. No, a DB doesn't stand for dumb bastard either. <laughs> no, come on, he's D DB. Could All be right. anything though. We should do a contest. The best DB. Uh, what does it stand for? Wins the blue Mustang. How about that? Oh yeah. Yeah, the blue. We're just still back in the studio. <laughs> Do you, don't you have a feeling like that people go into our studio and play around with the little stuff we have? Like I, I have a feeling that all everybody who's at the Sun Times that may be in the studio uh, in the in the newsroom goes in that studio and just cries and misses us. That's like, I'm sure that's happening. Oh, where are they? Uh, got my my beloved City Club 
certificate is still there, D. I'll go get it if you want me to. Oh, God. I'm actually going to go check it out just to see how it is. I want to record some stuff Make sure you have a mask on, okay? Absolutely. I don't trust that little room. Yeah. And, you know, because it's so, it's, there's no windows. It's, it's small. It's, so be careful. Yeah, I'm gonna. I need to record stuff, you know, uh, stuff that doesn't uh, have the b- brown line in the background mm. and an air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, that's a, lot, a lot to be said for that. By the way, uh, PC is really serious about uh, taking the show into his backyard. He you mean me Tuesday's a, guest, Peter Cunningham? Yes, that one. It was a great interview, but I must admit, Peter Cunningham and I talked about it. The sound quality is not that great. Yes, Eric Zorn, you're right. The sound quality is not that great. Uh, and uh, he goes, Ben, why don't we do the next one in my backyard? Dude, that's not actually a bad idea, all right? We've got to figure that out, how we can do that. Do the show in the backyard. A backyard show. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that was uh, last week, all right? He wrote that op-ed. Oh, we laughed. It was good times. Now to this week, all right? Because we learned today that Darren Bailey has been on vacation. Oh, yeah. And he has cut his vacation short to return to Clay County Court. Now, before the pandemic and before the entire country went to hell, this would be no big deal. But we got to pump the brakes here, all right? Because Darren Bailey has just returned from Florida. That's correct. Which at the moment, bit of a hotbed for the coronavirus. And to make things worse, Bailey's spokesman, Jose Durbin, says that he will not get tested for COVID-19. Wait. And this is on the advice of his doctor. Yeah. First of all, uh, DB's spokesman is named Durbin, like the state. Jose uh, Durbin. Okay, did not know that. All right, doesn't matter. I'm just that threw me Durbin, same name as. All right, look, let me just. I, that is hilarious. Like, on the advice of his doctor, he's not getting tested. By the way, I looked up the information. His doctor, uh, Alex Jones. Doctor, ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. Darren Bailey's fine. He's not sick. No one's sick. You're gonna be fine. No, but the it's a hoax. It's it's there's. Two ways you could take that on the advice of his doctor. It could be that the doctor said uh, testing is bad for your health. So don't, you know what I mean? Like that's the suggestion. Like on the, on the advice of my doctor, I'm not going to go jogging in the 100 degree heat. You know what I'm saying? That's generally the advice that the doctor gives. Now, my guess is, and it's always dangerous when you're guessing about what DB is really up to, that the doctor said there was no need to. You get what I'm saying? Ah, Uh, There was no need to uh, test yourself because you don't care if you infect everybody. By the way, you're right. What doctor? (laughs) You just came from Florida. Every freaking person's got COVID down there. Okay, it's an exaggeration. What doctor in his right mind or her right mind is going to go, ah, nope, on my advice? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. Darren Bailey's fine. He's going to be just fine, Pritzner. <laughs> Let's think of doctors other than Alex Jones that would fit that. You know what I mean? That would make that advice. Uh, uh, that Kevorkian guy? Yeah, Dr. Kevorkian. No, the doctor, Dr. Nick. Oh. Dr. Nick and the Simpsons. Remember Dr. Nick, D? Hi, the- everybody. <laughs> Doctor Hello, Doctor Nick. Doctor is pretty good too. His doctor, Doctor Kravorkian, has advised him no need to take the test. But again, I just want a clarification, uh, DB. Did the doctor advise you that it was uh, it not in your best interest to take the test, or did the doctor advise you that there was no need to take the test? Uh, we got a little more here, Bailey. Did spokesman. your doctor graduate from Big eighth lots? grade? <laughs> yeah, I got my uh, doctor's degree, Big, Big Lots University. <laughs> 
Learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> a big lot. Uh, I think he, I think the doctor got his degree in radio school. You know, he's a doctor of radio schoolology. Uh, oh, like me. Yeah. I would get my medical advice from you any day, all right? Uh, D, should I take the test? No need to. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, this Jose Durbin says more, all right? All right. He explained that Bailey has no symptoms mm. and stayed in Florida less than 48 hours. Bailey's attorney, Tom DeVore, <laughs> says he won't get tested either. Oh, there we go. He says, quote, I'm feeling fine and don't see a need for a test. Oh, my God. This is, these are the greatest minds, folks. I just want to point this out. These are the smartest minds in the Republican Party. These are, this, Darren Bailey is the face of the Republican Party. He's the, the, the vision of the Republican Party. He's the future of the Republican Party. He's the man. He's the guy Republicans turn to when they want any kind of advice on anything, including medical advice now. So, you know, forget that you, asymptomatic means you're carrying the virus, but you're not feeling, you know, any of the symptoms. Okay, so you could feel good and still be carrying the virus and give it to everybody in Clay County. Forget that for a moment. His doctor said, on the advice of his doctor, he's not taking the test. And his lawyer weighs in. Does he go to his doctor for legal advice? or to, You know what I mean? The doc, the, what a great lawyer. He gives legal advice. And I never turned to Jim Coogan for medical advice. Jim, I got this backache. What, you know? Well, I guess I, I'm taking requests for impressions today, guys. I got to do Jim Coogan. Uh, ben, your back's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, I got, got a right. request for Madigan, too, so I'll do that a little later as well. Oh, yeah. You're Madigan? Well, I haven't heard the Madigan. Yes, you have. Oh, Remember yeah. how his thoughts on Zoom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zoom? Uh, What's that? Zoom? <laughs> Zoom your ass out of my face. Uh, Madigan. Uh, he's, don't interrupt him. He's eating an apple. Go ahead, dude. He loves apples. He loves it. No, but I, I, I'm, I'm just sorry. Uh, so he's getting a medical advice from his lawyer as well as his doctor, and he's probably getting legal advice from his doctor, Vinnie Boombots. I mean, I have no idea, doctor Vinnie Boombots. That's a Rodney Dangerfield character. Oh, shout out to Lucille on the live stream chat. Uh, she says, "Come to," and she says Florida, but she spells it Flora. Duh. <laughs> no, Florida is. Uh, we, you know, we do have some listeners in Florida, D. So I'm, I should. Hesitate before I rip. I think one. people in Florida get it too. If I you're mean, listening to this show in Florida, you get it. God, yes, that is true. Florida, you elected some of the dumbest. And by the way, the the speakers at Palm Beach. I urge everyone when you're not listening to this show, just track down some of the speakers addressing the issues of why whether they should wear a mask and their reasons for why they're not going to wear a mask. And just think about this as batshit crazy as they are their vote counts every bit as much as yours does so that's the state of florida oh my god please please do not have this election come down to the state of florida and d d, d. who me yeah i know i suppose to db isn't it just so perfect it's so perfect <laughs> oh god david isn't it so perfect that db darren bailey went to florida for his vacation oh, i'm going to florida <laughs> Where else would you go? He calls it Florida, F-L-A-R-D-A. Going to Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yeah. No, no, don't worry. The whole state's got uh, COVID, but uh, I didn't get it. Mm -mm. <laughs> Darren Bailey, you're a moron. All right, so no other state news is going to top that story. So let's just move on to the city of Chicago. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Madam Secretary, you talk a lot about um, <laughs> the mothers of your friends where you 
went to their houses and you knew that they were going to be kind and generous and supportive of you. So that, that theme of women being present and how they make a difference, um, talk a little bit about that and, and how that, again, animated some of the, the selections that you made of people in the book. That's a great question, Mayor, because um, I wanted to include... Yeah, that's enough. That's a great... The other, que the other question was just a good question. This is a great question. Usually, Dean plays the one where you great, good question, Mayor. I figured I'd switch it up. Play that other no, clip. That's a great question. Oh, hard-hitting question. Lori Lightfoot you know, really throws those hard balls at Hillary. Hillary, how did you get to be so intelligent? Great question, Mayor. Okay, all right. Uh, Today, the mayor mm. is at Ogden Park. She's mm. actually there as we speak to announce public safety efforts mm. over the uh, July 4th weekend. Ben, well, give us your thoughts, memories, Ogden Park. What what comes to your brain when you think of Ogden Park? I'm, 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 I'm like getting confused as to where Ogden Park is. I think it's all the reefer I smoke. Ah, boy, we should have pre-show prepped <laughs> that one, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm all mixed up. Where is Ogden Park? Looking it up right now. Oh, Live stream chat. Help us out. Hey, I haven't lived here that long. You're I'm the all, guy who knows. I've lived here since 1981, and I'm all mixed up where Ogden Park is. I know I've been to Ogden Park. I just can't remember where it is. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> What did she say? So Ogden Park was a recreational facility on the near north side of Chicago around the 1860s and 1870s. It was home to the Ogden Skating Club. It was on a piece of land east of where Ontario Street teed into Michigan Avenue. Today's Ontario Street continues several blocks eastward through that site of the old park. I don't Thanks, know. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thank you. I even have you have said that you. Well, I can't even get the words out. Hearing you say that, I still don't know where Ogden Park is, but it's good enough. Let's move on. Shout out to Lucille. She says near north side. That's, that's good enough. Thank so you, Lori's Lucille. Lori's talking to her people today. All right. <laughs> they love her on the north side. No matter what she does, no matter what she says, they love her even more. And they love, in particular, D, those scintillating interviews she does with Hillary Clinton. Okay. Those are huge on the north side. Can I hear that again? Okay. Sure. Oh, you want to hear this again? Madam Secretary, you talk a lot about... <laughs> Um, the mothers of your friends yeah. where you went to their houses and you knew that they were going to be kind and generous. And Watch out, Jorowski. you got competition on the interview in there, pal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she'll have a podcast. She'll get more hits than I will. Although today, 500,000. 500,000. The Ben Jarofsky Show now with over 500,000 downloads. That's correct. Bing, bing. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, that's, that's, is that a download? Is that what a download sounds yes. like? Bing. I never knew. You're learning so much today, <laughs> listeners. Yes, Brianna, Lori Lakefront. Okay. Uh, so while she's at Ogden Park, mm. let's discuss some citywide issues. Mm -hmm. It's back. The boot. Oh, my God. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran, the Woman Spielman. Mm -hmm. The headline reads, ticketing and booting, reprieve ending for Chicago motorists. Now, for those who may be new to this, you know what the boot is. I was going to say for those who may not be new to the city, Ben, explain what the boot is. You know what the boot is. The giant yellow thing they put on your wheel. The question we want to know, has Ben Jarofsky ever gotten the boot? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, do you and mind telling us the story? Yeah, it's not that interesting, but I actually thought it was a scam and a shakedown. Well, most things in the city of Chicago are scams and shakedown. I was at a, um, I was at the, the bagel restaurant. And the person at the bagel, they had this deal. They cut this deal with the city. I don't know how they did it, but whatever. That When I came out of the bagel, the boot was on my car. And I was like, what the hell? I was in the bagel. And the guy didn't believe me. 
He didn't believe me. I was in the bagel. Okay, it was the bagel. So I had to show him my receipt, and he took the okay. So they, you know what I mean? They thought I was like sneaking into the bagel part. So that's the only time I ever got the booze. Oh, thank God you kept that receipt. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. Well, where would I be without it? Hundred dollar. Uh, Hundred bucks, I'll take the boot off. I did a lot of booting stories, by the way, just so you know. Mm, mm, what was that? Late nineties, early O's. I was really into writing stories about the boot. Check out those boot stories at Chicago Reader. Look up Jarofsky. Uh Chicago Reader boot. You won't get that bagel story. You'll get stories that he wrote. No, there was a Mark Thomas, dear friend Mark Thomas, ran the alley. He was a big believer in booting. Okay, and and he would we would get all these long philosophical discussions about booting, how you need booting to protect the interests of the small business owner. So Mark Thomas and I fierce debates about booting. Ah, that was the early O's D. I have a friend who removed the boot twice. He's <laughs> <laughs> insane. He how sawed it off. No, I'm not kidding. He sawed the damn thing off. How do you saw off a boot? I don't know. Talk to Van Rod. <laughs> And uh, he moved. He moved away from the city. He's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, because <laughs> they keep get... booting me. <laughs> no, I uh, the li inner libertarian in me just despised the boot, you know. And and then the attitude. Oh, they were messing around for a while. There was this one shopping mall, I think uh, around North Avenue and Clybourne. They were not like different sections. This is what was really confusing. Different sections of the shopping mall parking lot were dedicated to different businesses. So if you it was really crowded in section A, let's say, and you went into section B and then walked into the wrong store, there would be somebody watching you, seeing where you went, and then boom, up, oh, went in the wrong store, boom. People were like, what the hell, man? It'd be always arguments. I always got nervous, too, because, you know, this is Chicago. You never know when the guy pull a gun, you know what I'm saying, over a boot argument. So I, I, there has to be a more efficient way uh, to, you know, squeeze people. But they're bringing back the boot. They're Is bringing it back, story? and I'm over here praying to God they don't put boots on bikes. <laughs> I'm screwed then. All right, no, the uh, the story continues here. By the way, people are wondering, dude, you knew a guy who who sawed off the boot twice? Who are you hanging out with, <laughs> Dennis? Are you shady or what? Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> on... Do your imitation of the guy. <laughs> Van Rod? Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, Dennis, I got to get out of here. They put the boot on me. They just keep putting the boot on me. I got to go. You make him sound like he's from Wisconsin. Yeah, he kind of he was, he was a northern Illinois man, so he's a little there. Yeah. yeah he... Oh, Dennis. <laughs> Sorry, Van Rod, if you're listening. Probably not. All right. The story continues. On Wednesday, <laughs> ticketing enforcement resumed for illegal parking on street sweeping routes. Monday, booting makes a comeback. And on July 16th, the city resumes ticketing for expired city stickers and residential parking permits. Yes, back to normal, guys. The temporary reprieve is over for Chicago motorists. Ticketing and booting are making an unwelcome comeback. It says here on March 18th, Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced Chicago would stop ticketing booting and towing illegally parked vehicles except for public safety reasons through April 30th to give some measure of relief to residents whose jobs and paychecks have been impacted by the coronavirus. I guess they think that everyone's back to normal. I was <laughs> gonna say, duh, 
Mayor Lightfoot, have you been following the news out of Florida? Hello. You're a DB country here. Phase five doesn't happen until there's a vaccine, so we're still kind of screwed, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Unemployment is really high. So yesterday we talked about uh, the people who are getting evicted and losing their apartments, like I said, from stay home, save lives, to move out, who cares? Yeah. And today we got this story. All right. So it says here, Fran continues, at the time, the mayor reserved the right to extend the go easy period. She did just that several times, even after residential street sweeping resumed with no parking signs, but minus the ticketing and towing hammer. There was no parking meet. There was a no parking meter holiday. Motorists still required to feed meter boxes. Some complained about being ticketed when they didn't, but City Hall made no attempt to collect overdue debt and no interest accumulated on existing payment plans. The ultimate penalty of booting vehicles was suspended. Uh, I'm done reading the story. Ben, your thoughts? My thoughts are that the city of Chicago should really reconsider its whole booting thing. I've always thought, and by the way, this just makes me miss the great judge, uh, Judge Eugene Pinchum, may rest in peace. Uh, an activist in this city, great lawyer, great criminal defense lawyer. Uh, he was passionate, D, about the issue, the way the city uh, ticketed cars, the way the city applied the boot. When I talk about all the stories I wrote, I'm not kidding. I did a lot of stories back in the day about booting and ticketing, and Eugene Pincham fe- uh, featured prominently in several of them because uh, he was always saying, well, he was pointing out that the boots and the tickets hit hardest at the poorest communities that could least afford it, afford it on the south and west side. He made this point so many times times uh, and it was true it was uh, it was borne out by when the city would release the like ward by ward breakdown of where the tickets and the boots were uh, applied I don't know if it's still that case I haven't seen any breakdowns ward by ward uh, in years <clears throat> but Eugene Pincham uh, would make this point and yes the city of Chicago this gets back to one of my favorite themes and we don't talk about it that much because we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've kind of lost sight about the whole issue of financing and how we pay for our obligations. But by and large, the city of Chicago, like the state of Illinois, like the country of the United States, is really afraid to go too hard, too strong with progressive taxation. They want to leave wealthy people alone, in part because the wealthy people feed their campaign. So we got you. We got you covered. All right, D? And uh, so in absence of a fair and progressive form of taxation they resort to things like sucking and squeezing them dry if you five minutes late on that parking meter we got the boot and then like the mayors they act oh my god they, they they act like they're they're so holy righteous about it you knew the law applied. You knew you only had to feed them. Remember Mayor Rahm, like, he, when he would be like, late, they'd go through red lights all the time. I don't know if this was a big story back in the Mayor Rahm years. His, his motorcade would go through the red lights. Every, they had speed cameras everywhere, right? Remember the speed cameras, the red light cameras and everything? Well, that's to protect uh, pedestrians because cars are going through uh, stop signs. And this is why we're doing it. We're doing it for public safety. Is that your ROM impression? <laughs> no, that's my Dudley Do-Right. Oh, okay. The okay. spokesperson for the city. Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> ben, you know, this is to protect people. Okay. It's to protect the bottom line of the government. Uh, well, now I'm doing my Alex Jones. The government's coming to take your car, ladies and gentlemen. The globalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but it's, it's enough to turn anybody into Alex Jones, Okay. It's sucking you dry because they don't have the guts to go after the wealthiest people. I I would just like once to see a mayor, a mayor, Richard M. Daly, Rahm Emanuel, Lori Lightfoot, 
come up with a progressive form of taxation so we don't have to squeeze people with fines and fees. So yeah, remember, uh, so going back to Rom, we had all these cameras out there, you know, like, oh uh, yeah, we're in for, we're protecting the people, pretending as though they're not just like squeezing uh, motorists in the city of Chicago and also taking care of whoever was paying for, you know. Take the, a chill pill, man. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. Rom, okay, yeah. Rom. Just, oh, Rom, just hearing your voice. Hold on, let me have a hit. Oh, uh, yeah. So, man, Rom, you should take the chill pill because it was your car flying through the red lights. And they discovered that. Do you remember that? And it was like, Mayor Rom's. What was your response, Mayor Rom? Uh, rules for thee, not for me. No, his response is, what are you talking about? I ride a bike. <laughs> I just biked around Lake Michigan. Yeah, how many miles was it, Mayor Rom? Uh, yeah, how many miles? <laughs> Nearly a thousand miles. Uh, did you meet anybody to talk about health care? No, nobody cares about health care, Ben. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they're just, basically, if they could, they would just take you up by your legs, turn you upside down, and just shake you out until all the quarters and nickels and dimes came out of your pockets and throw you away. That's your city, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're not going to, you know, and then they'll take money from Kenny Griffin. Oh, now you got me on a roll, D. Let's go. Got me on a roll. Kenny yeah. G, the richest man in the state of Illinois. Every now and then, he, you know, he digs into his wallet and takes out a million dollars or so because, you know, he's got like a million in his wallet. Here you go, city of Chicago. And at which point they hold a press conference and all the mayors go, thank you, Kenny G. Thank you, Kenny G. And then he's like, you know, giving way more amount of money to a Republican politicians to destroy any progressive taxation plan we have in the state of Illinois, you know, just to kill it. But oh, thank you. Thank you for sort of funding our internet program, which will not be operating for four years. Good luck, kiddies, without the internet for four years. Meanwhile, we're gonna shake you down. We're gonna put that boot on your car. That's your government, people. I didn't. Wait, I did vote for Lori Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't say that. Where's Jay Marie? She always gives me grief when I admit it. Oh, she's on the live stream chat. Jay Marie, wait, give it to Ben. Jay Marie, you're right. Okay, you're right. All right. (laughs) By the way, I heard King Griffin actually uh, has a billion in his wallet. Yes, that's billion with a B. Oh, yeah. We won't tax Kenny G, uh, but we will put the boot on your car. Squeeze you like an accordion. Oh, I lo- love your accordion impression. <laughs> I miss you, Judge Pincham, Eugene Pincham, one of the great, great uh, defense lawyers in the city of Chicago. I voted for him for mayor. I think he ran in 1995. 1995! <laughs> I think that's when Eugene Pincham ran. All right, let's move on here. Uh, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben wanted to riff on this story, mm. and this story comes mm. from, once again, you bet bet your ass, Franz Spielman. Mm-hmm. The headline reads, report on drinking and driving incident that got Eddie Johnson fired to remain under wraps. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Fran Spielman writes, despite media demands to make it public, Inspector General Joe Ferguson's final report on the October 17th drinking and driving incident uh, that got former CPD Superintendent Eddie Johnson fired will remain under wraps, mm. a defiant Mayor Lori Lightfoot said Wednesday. Lightfoot said that the ordinance she pushed through the city council in September empowers Chicago's Corruption Council to release Ferguson's reports only when they involve, quote, sustained findings regarding conduct that either is associated with a death or is or may be a felony as defined in the Illinois Criminal Code and is of a compelling public interest. The mayor acknowledged Johnson's actions absolutely measure up on the, quote, compelling public interest front. 
but neither he nor the responding officers who allowed the superintendent to drive home without administering a sobriety test committed a felony. Therefore, Ferguson's report will remain shh, secret. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it will not be released no matter how loud or how often the media whines. Wait, is she talking about us? Is that the direct quote? Yeah. Whine, or is that just Fran writing the whining? Oh, no. I think that was Fran. Yeah, uh, that's Fran. See. The quote is, uh, the law does not, and I'm not doing the light foot impression. <laughs> the law does not allow us to do that. I know there's been a lot of chatter among the media and that Ben Jarofsky <laughs> jerk. I know there's been a lot of chatter among the media that is anxious to dive into the reports. But look at what the statute says, the mayor says. Okay. Oh, well, what the statute says. Lightfoot said uh, she has looked at the ordinance, quote, 20 ways from Sunday. Not 19, not 21, 20. And the law is clear. She and the attorneys around her, quote, value our law licenses, and we're going to follow the law. She continues saying, quote, we put out what we can put out. We'll put out some additional materials, but there's nothing under the law that allows us uh, to put out the reports of the inspector general, the mayor said. Uh, she continues. We'll do uh, one more quote oh, here. God, these are great. I love these quotes. Oh, we'll keep going. Okay, keep, keep, but I want to hear you do your Lori Lightfoot imitation. Okay, I want to keep doing a show. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Great white guy. I can't do it in front. Okay. Uh, quote, I know that makes people unhappy. I know there are going to be people who write articles saying, quote, oh, the mayor is being secretive. Doesn't matter. <laughs> We're going to follow the law. Uh, Why not change the ordinance to allow for release of the long-awaited report? She continues saying, quote, we are not going to cut and paste what our law is because the media is unhappy. We're going to do the right thing to make sure that we are transparent with the public and the media is going to live with those boundaries. Mm. Oh, I got another quote here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ben Jarofsky, <laughs> my interview with Hillary Clinton wasn't that bad. Leave me alone. Good question, Mayor. Oh. Good question. Hillary, uh, Madam Secretary, how did you get to be so brilliant? Good question, Madam Mayor. Good question. Uh, ben, your thoughts. Well, <clears throat> where do I begin? First of all, did you, it's so kind of like, Ken Davis? Yo, is erupting. We got to bring Kenny D on and get his thoughts on this because it's really, a, I find it interesting that the mayor would get all lawyer like. You know, when people start lawyering up, well, the law says specifically, you know, like like they had a meeting and they had all the, the greatest legal minds in the city of Chicago were gathered in that room. Hey, let's examine the law. You know, Solomon, Socrates, all these, they went back to the past through a magical Zoom thing. Abraham Lincoln was in that room. Oh, let me look at it. You it know? involved Zoom. Mike Madigan was nowhere to be found. Oliver Wendell Holmes was in that room. He, Judge Justice Warren was in that room, all right, you know. William Douglas was in all the great lawyers. Thurgood Marshall was in that room. All the great lawyers were in the room studying, pondering the intricacies of the city law because they really wanted to do the right thing and release the report that was prepared for by city employees with your tax dollars, people, addressing an issue that was front-page news when Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, Eddie Johnson has lied to me and must be fired immediately. That's where it all began, right? 
So a report is done. All right, we, we got to know. You fired the police chief. You humiliated the police chief. You made a big deal about it. You got a report. What? Why? Can, the law is very specific on this point. We cannot release the report. You can do whatever you want. That's like Mayor Rahm. This, I'm not, okay, whoa. Let me just back up before I say what I'm about to say. I am not equating in any way what was on the Laquan McDonald video to what's on the Eddie Johnson video. Two I am not quoting. I'm just saying the principle of sitting on information that the public should have, okay? It's the same situation where an all-powerful mayor is saying, we're not going to show you this stuff because we don't think we have to. So I suppose if someone goes to court and gets a judge, a Cook County judge, to force Lori Lightfoot to turn over Joe Ferguson's report, we'll see what's in it. But, you know, I... I frankly don't understand why she just doesn't turn over the report right now. You know, I mean, what is in the freaking report? <laughs> you know, that you can't let us see what's in the report. You already humiliated the guy. You already made all these, like, innuendos about him, threw him out of office. I've always felt that Eddie Johnson got a bum deal in the city of Chicago. I've had this conversation with Peter Cunningham. I've had this conversation with activists, Black Lives Matter activists, people who are very critical of Eddie Johnson. And I've heard the anti-Eddie Johnson uh, arguments. I hear where you're coming from, but I just look, I live in the real world of the city of Chicago. And in the real world of the city of Chicago, he came into office at a very tenuous time, to put it mildly, and the relationships between the mayor's office, the police department, and the black community. And I think by and large, he did a very good job trying to deal with all the conflicting pressures that he as the superintendent of police had to deal with. And so when he became disposable, you just cook up some reason to fire him, humiliate him, put the stuff out in the papers, throw him out of office, bring in a new guy, and now you're already humiliating that guy? Blame, they always blame the superintendent. I got to say, uh, Mr. Johnson, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they did you a favor, dude. Turns out this is the worst job ever. Uh, yeah, so, I well, there's that. You know, Eddie Johnson could be sitting back kicking and having a pina colada right now and just going, eh, I don't care. So I just... It's like you, you went through the trouble of having the report. Why do we have an inspector general on the public payroll doing reports if the public can't see the reports? Why are we having secret inspector general reports? You know, it's small. Listen, Chicago is relatively small in relation to the United States government, okay? It's, uh, so I get the feeling, I like to feel like I have more control over what happens in the city as a citizen that I do uh, with the national, the federal government. But I guarantee you, all the lakefront Lori supporters, Lori Lightfoot supporters, would be outraged if Donald John Trump and the Trump administration buried a report about something that his administration was up to. I'm just saying, in general, transparency is healthier than keeping things buried. So that's, and just the way she got mad at Fran, you know, these, you could do what you want, you can whine, you can file your FOIAs, you're not getting it. And, and the same, and by the way, D, you don't see this because you don't get the newspaper, but I get the daily newspaper, huh? Oh, I'm as so I, jealous. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier in the day, I get a daily newspaper, but it's next to each other in the same page. 
reported incident that got Johnson fired to stay secret. So shut up, reporters. You're not getting it. Right next to temporary reprieve on ticketing, booting, ending. Shut up, motorists, and pay your fines. Oh, man. I need a drink of water, D. Hold on one second. Just don't pull up Johnson and drink liquor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Much of a drinker, everybody knows that. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess partly I'm motivated by the fact that I feel that Eddie Johnson got a bum deal. I think that's part of the reason. But there's just, you know, I always, you know, part of me is curious. Curious George, always want to know what's going on. And, you know, the, I'm just, I've lived in Chicago for a long time. I know how things are done. People whisper about other people. Well, man, you know what the real story is? Here's the real story. And they whisper stuff, and they poison your brain when they whisper it. You know what I'm saying, D? But they won't come out and say it. So I believe that if the inspector general did the report, and the inspector general is paid with tax dollars from the good people of the city of Chicago, then the good people of the city of Chicago should see the report. That's what I think. Ooh, I'm just sorry about that. Yeah. And we could pay for it with all the money we raised, ticketing and booting those cars. There we go. Yeah, since 1922. <laughs> We've been booting cars. Ah, yes, that's right, Jim, on the live stream chat. Uh, Mayor Lightboot. <laughs> oh, God. Good that's times. Good. We got, uh, what do we call, um, Lori Lakefront and Lightboot. Mm-hmm. Boy. Uh, We're nothing but trouble, uh, aren't oh, we? God. I voted for her, I admit, I voted for her. Yes, you, I did. Yeah. All right, Uh, so that is the news. Uh, Jeff Johnson coming up in moments, but first, we got to read everybody's one word. Uh, So uh, Ben will hold off on his statement he wanted to make there. All right, so uh, yes, the question we're asking all of you, now that the year 2020 is halfway over, in one word, how do you describe that first half of 2020? If you just tuned in, Ben's one word is the F word. (laughs) Which I switched to awful. Okay, just cleaning things up. Mine is humbled. I like feel that. humbled. That's excellent. Actually, your word once again, his word's better than mine. I'm writing this down. All right. So how about humbled. we're going to the Facebook? We're going to ask page. Jeff Johnson this too. What All right. Word. All right. I'm, man, I got a feeling it's going to be the F word. All right. So uh, on to the Facebook page first at Benny J Show. B E N N Y the letter J Show. Feel free to weigh in. Give us a like, follow, share, review, whatever. All right. Uh, Andrea's one word. Fast. Whoa. It, it did go by very it fast. I feel go, like we're already in July. Yeah, who said that? Andrea? Andrea. Andrea, you are so right. It's like, it's like, and then the days, like, in the, I'm, I'm already going to bed, you know? Like, when it's like, I can't believe I'm already going to bed. And then, I'm up with the roosters at the crack of dawn. You know me, dig, getting up early. And it's like, up, oh, a new day beginning. Maybe it would slow down a little bit for me if I got up earlier, D. What do you think? Huh? Should I get up earlier? Please. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. On to uh, Shelly. Shelly waited on the Facebook page. Shelly's one word to describe the first half of the year 2020. Hurricane. Yeah, man. Hur- oh, that's a great song by Neil Young. Oh, my- Michael Girardi, if you're out there, if you ever do a cover, love for you to hear you- your screaming guitar on Hurricane by Neil Young. Uh, and we have one more on the Facebook page. Uh, feel free to weigh in, everybody, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Uh, we had one word, and uh, shoot, I believe I lost it, but the one word, it was half of a word, and I guess they're going to fill out the other half. <laughs> <laughs> Arma. Get it. <laughs> Who was in the movie Armageddon? Uh, Tom Hanks, I believe. Uh, was it Schwarzenegger? No, Bruce Willis. 
Nah, Schwarzenegger. What? Frank! No, I believe Bruce Willis <laughs> was in Armageddon. Was he? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Uh, right. Armageddon. Wow. Oh, I yep, Bruce Willis, uh, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Steven Tyler's daughter was in that. I, you know, walk this way, talk this, uh, just give me a kiss. Um, I vaguely remember seeing Armageddon, but I don't remember what it was about. Yeah, well, it's funny. Aerosmith actually had a song on the soundtrack. I didn't, I've never seen the movie, but all right. Uh, Radio Doogie. What's up, Doogie? His one word for the year 2020 canceled <laughs> yeah that's the sports season my beloved bulls actually they may have done us a favor by canceling the nba season but i'm bringing it back by the way d in the bubble yeah i bet that won't happen yeah i know that's what we were talking about with vincent yesterday i'm not sure that's gonna happen all right jim's one word on the live stream chat disaster mm, yeah no that uh mm-hmm. yeah disastrous yes. his reason why trump and his hoax bs oh my god don't get me started. Uh, don't get my wife started. Did you talk to uh, Pam today by any chance? That she was ripping Republicans. Oh, she kept it subtle. She was like, listen, I'm a little upset with Pence and uh, Mitch McConnell, all right? And I got to go. <laughs> yeah, because there was a picture in the paper uh, of Mike Pence and Mitch McConnell wearing masks. Oh, there, now they're wearing, hey, Darren Bailey, did you see that? Your boys from the Republican Party are now wearing masks. Not me. It doesn't, uh, the, the virus doesn't come to Clay County. Anyway, uh, yeah, she was pissed off. I don't blame her, man. Finally, they're wearing masks. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, and we'll do one more here. Steven gave us his one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven's word, it's a, it's a big one. One that my community college educated <laughs> brain may not be able to wrap my head around here. Uh, he had two of them, but I can only find that first one that you sent us, Stephen. Uh, boy, uh, antediluvian. Oh, antediluvian. Great word. By the way, the uh, city garbage truck has just pulled up. Our tax dollars at work. God bless you guys. Seriously, uh, those are uh, hardworking people there collecting the garbage. Just let me say that. Yeah, antediluvian. I learned that word from Harold Washington means before the flood. And Harold Washington had an incredible vocabulary. D, I, man, I, uh, you know, he'd be using words and I would be like, oh God, I'd, I'd kind of write down a phonetic spelling and try to figure out what it was and look it up in a dictionary. But antediluvian, before the flood. Oh, and his second word was portentous. Oh, oh, portentous. Whoa. Dang, this guy, is that... Did Harold Washington come back and start writing in uh, one words? <laughs> are you live stream chatting, Mr. Washington? All right, so those are the one words. Feel free to weigh in at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go check that out. Give us your one word. Find our social media and like us. Also, feel free to, you can call us with the one word if you'd like. 708-658-4788 is the number that you can call to reach us at the Ben Jarofsky Show. I mean, we're not going to answer, but leave a voicemail and that'd be cool. Uh, that's our news. That's it. So don't go anywhere. Well, what? What? One last thing before we uh, take a break and call Jeff. Okay. Um, I feel it's important that I make a clarification and a uh, correction from yesterday's show. Frank weighed in. He sent me a text. Frank, I read the, t- I read the text. Uh, and he's, he pointed out, yesterday I was on a riff, okay, about Neil Gorsuch, uh, the, the justice appointed by um, uh, Donnie Trump uh, to the Supreme Court. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't believe that Neil Gorsuch will ever d- break from Trump. Uh, on anything of importance or relevance. And Frank pointed out that occasionally 
uh, Neil Gorsuch votes with the, the liberals or the Democrats. And so I looked it up, and there were some cases. Frank, you are absolutely correct. That's correct. Uh, so I, you're correct on that point. I will stay, stay with my larger point, which is that I do not believe, and I look forward to be proven wrong, but I do not believe that Neil Gorsuch will break with Trump on any uh, matter of significance to Donald John Trump, for instance, the big daddy that's coming up, uh, whether he should, <laughs> his income tax statements, his income tax reports should be revealed to the public. Uh, that was the discussion we were having. Who were we having that discussion with, D? Oh, Monroe. Monroe predicted they would. Monroe predicted that the Supreme Court would rule that uh, Donald Trump's uh, tax returns have to be revealed, have to be uh, publicized, or at least turned over to the state of Illinois. Of course, if the state of Illinois, uh, excuse me, the state of New York was run the way the city of Chicago is run with its inspector general reports, it'd be like, sorry, we're not revealing them. We're not releasing them. See? See Chicagoans? See Lakefront liberals? See what I'm saying? You want to see Donnie Trump's tax returns, but you don't want to see the Eddie Johnson report, right? Because you like Lori Lightfoot, but you don't like Donald Trump, Trump. I'm just saying, okay? It's like when it comes to transparency, it should be everybody, right? The everybody. Anyway, Frank, you were right. Neil Gorsuch uh, has uh, voted with the Democrats from time to time, uh, but we'll see uh, if he's got the guts to defy Donnie Trump. Frank, we love you. Thanks for keeping us on our toes. All right, that's the news. Oh, live stream chat. Brianna, no. Okay, yes, we are going to be doing a show tomorrow, by the way. A lot of people may be taking the day off July 3rd. We're not. We're going to be here tomorrow, all right? And, and we have bonuses all weekend. And we have bonuses. We're going to be doing the same old thing that we do. So uh, we will have a show tomorrow. No, Jim, I'm not going to be lighting fireworks in the <laughs> attic. And Brianna, no, I'm not putting fireworks in the porta potty. So. We're going to take a break here, everybody. And when we come back, it's Union Man pension guru jeff johnson of the ibew local nine don't go anywhere and while you wait how about a little michael girardi huh uh we heard a new low let's go tax increment financing it's the ben Drofsky show live from ben's attic Billion with a B. Hey, 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 
I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. How's it going? We're back. And on the line with us is the one and only Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson, are you there? Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> Jeff Johnson, a.k.a. J.J. Johnson. Uh, I just that's gave right. you that nick. Did anybody call you J.J. back in the day when you were a kid at Lane Tech? No. Uh, my call signature at work uh, for fire department dispatches because we use initials. My, uh, that's the only place the first time when I was 20 years old when I got hired with the city, they started calling me J.J. And did you hate it or did you like it? Oh, I didn't care. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. No, whatever. One word. You know, call, what's it? Uh, yeah, call me. Uh, call me anything. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeff Johnson will be playing at uh, Zanies next week. All right, Zanies Jeff. is closed. Oh, it's closed. All right, Jeff. I got whole- <laughs> our pension guru. We've been promoting it. Uh, you're going to be talking pensions. I got my property tax bill this week, so it's on my mind. Oh, I, I'm looking. In fact, I'm looking at the property tax bill right now. My theory is, Jeff, if I just keep looking at it, it'll pay itself. Hasn't worked yet, but we'll see uh, uh, if that works. Uh, I also want to talk to you about booting and ticketing. I uh, just saw in the my Sun Times, my mm-hmm. beloved bright one, that they're bringing back booting and ticketing. I guess I got to pay the bills somehow or other. Not, I am not pleased with that. Get your thoughts on that. Uh, and I also want to ask you about uh, Eddie Johnson Gate. Uh, the city sitting on a report by the Inspector General about Eddie Johnson. Uh, and I, this is my thing on Eddie Johnson. And you think about this. I believe that Eddie Johnson has been treated unfairly, uh, and uh, he did not get the credit he deserves for doing a pretty good job on terrible, very trying circumstances. I talk a little national, mm-hmm. national politics with you, uh, Joe Biden and his vice presidential choices. Uh, but before we do any of that, I need to know this is sort of the, the theme of the day. And without, uh, without any uh, warning whatsoever, we've been asking our uh, listeners, uh, we're six months in, so the half the year is over. What's the one word that comes to your mind when you think of the year 2020? Shit 
show. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, mine was the F word, so uh, you and I are Yeah, that, that dumpster, uh, dumpster fire. Uh, there's a lot of other. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, to sum it up, uh, yeah, we'll go with uh, the uh, show. Yeah, uh, the show, uh, as we call it. All right, let's talk a little pensions. Uh, Jeff Johnson is the show's pension guru. And um, it's been a while since he's been on the show. So just yeah. general report. Uh, where are we? Everything's shut down. Uh, my guess is uh, that the liability, the pension liability is far worse than it was before the pandemic. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Go uh, ahead. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we had a rough first quarter uh, with the uh, – all the Chicago funds had a rough first quarter. Um, just everybody knows the stock market was so uh, very volatile and went and dipped. Uh, I think hit a low about March 23rd. Uh, since then, it's kind of rebounded. You know, for the month of May, the MEABF returned uh, 3.5%, uh, 3. Uh, and we actually were positive for the month of May. Now, we're still uh, trending uh, negative for the year just because of how volatile it's been and how down it was. But, um, you know, the, the plus side, and this is the uh, last time I was on, I kind of mentioned this. We had all received, all the pension funds had received their first prop, or their first uh, installment of uh, money from the city. So we were able to pay out the benefits. Uh, Muni pays roughly $90 million a month. Um, we're, we were we were able to pay out the benefits without having to liquidate any money. So we weren't hit by the double whammy of uh, uh, liquidating while we're down. So it actually helped out in that sense. Um, the year's half over with it. If I had, if I'm a betting man, the second quarter was, is going to end up positive for your, uh, for the pension funds for the second quarter. Now, is it going to be uh, as bad as March was uh, that ruined uh, the first quarter? I don't know, but it will be a positive uh, quarter for the pension funds, and then go. You know, from there going forward, you know, there's a lot of just volatility in the market, and there's a lot of worry about what happens in you know if there's a second wave, and then we just kind of have to uh, uh, take it from there and go from there. All right, let's talk about what you mean by uh, it'll be positive. Uh, I think I have an understanding of what you mean by positive, uh, but why don't you explain things? Go a little more detail. You mean what oh, you just uh, yeah, po positive returns. Uh, that uh, you know, um, like I said, for the month of May, we were up three point three percent, and so uh, you know, we actually made more money on investments than we paid out in benefits. So always a plus when you uh, you pay the bills and you're still positive at the end of the day. And that's what, you know, the pension funds do. Uh, we just came out with our actuarial report for last year. And, um, you know, so they do this and uh, all your, uh, I, I say the, uh, uh, the, the municipal finance geek reporters love it because it's their Bible that they write by. Um, it's on our website. Anybody wants to look at it, they can look at it. Uh, so for 2019, we finished up for the year 16.6%. And now let's go back three, uh, three past years. 2019, we were up 16.6%. 2018, we were down roughly 5.7%, negative 5.7. And then for 2017, we were up 15.1. So you're up 15.1, down 5.7, up 16.6. And so this year, half the year is over with. Uh, you know, who knows where we'll end up. But our actual report, we ended up uh, at the end of 2019 still up money. We paid all our bills, and we were up uh, positive for the year. And so that's why I talk about positive returns. You know, we, you don't want to try and beat how much money you, you know, you're paying out, but obviously you want to. 
Uh, but our assume rate of return is 7%. And last year, we beat it by roughly 9.1%. Uh, uh, Jeff, if there, I know we have some uh, uh, geeky listeners, myself included. Uh, if they want to get a, read that actual report that you alluded to, how could they find it, did you say? It, uh, www.meabf.org. It's on our, uh, the, the very top link on our website. It's the uh, 2019 actual report. And um, I will say that there's some cool stats on there. It tells you how many tier one members we have, tier two, tier three, how many men, female, our muni, the MEABF fund is got roughly 57% female of all. And like we are, our pension fund includes everybody from the mayor to water department, electrical departments, crossing guards, um, aldermen. And, you know, it's majority female, it's majority African-American fund. Uh, our average pension on there, it'll show you, is roughly $36,000 a year. And, you know, there's a lot of cool stats you have to dig through in these XRO reports to find. And uh, I will now at this point uh, give my uh, typical spiel that I give uh, every time you're on the show. And I give it all the time anyway. I, this is a direct investment uh, in people who live in the city of Chicago. I have argued, and, and Jeff's heard me argue this many times, that this is perhaps one of the most beneficial investments that the city makes. I go back to the 70s when Richard J. Daley uh, ruled that uh, city workers had to live in Chicago. I feel that was a very stabilizing, uh, stabilizing factor. Uh, the Fraternal Order of Police is talking about changing that so the police officers uh, don't have to live in the Chicago anymore. I, I hope that yeah. they doesn't agree to that because I do believe uh, that there's benefits to having city workers live uh, in Chicago. And when we have the pensions that come back, that's direct investment. Now, I, I know some people go, but Ben, this, I get this all the time. Uh, ben, I know a guy uh, who is a police officer for 30 years. Now he lives in Florida. Okay. I, re I admit there are some pensioners who don't live in Chicago. But my guess is, Jeff, that most of them still live in the city of Chicago, which means that's a direct investment into the neighborhoods. Oh, God, yes, exactly. Um, and from the Muni. Our MEABF, our stats are roughly 85% of retirees, because all actors live in the city, 85% of all retirees still live in the 606. Um, police and fire might be a little lower because they're more higher-end pensions, so they can afford to be kind of like uh, to relocate. But um, all in all, and it, uh, Bob Bruno from U of I did that study that I still hold as the Bible. Uh, for every dollar paid to a city worker, and even in pensions, Every dollar paid to uh, somebody that lives in, uh, in the city, 87 cents of it stays in the city and churns at the gas station, at the stores, at the restaurants and stuff like that. And like you said, it is a direct investment in the city of Chicago to pay, uh, you know, these pensions and to reap the benefits of all the money that churns in the city of Chicago. Uh, Jeff, do you get, you get feedback from city employees who want the city to relax the residency rule or uh, is it just yeah, a you know, it, it, as with anything in life, I have two kids. And, you know, if I told them, uh, you know, not to breathe air, it's like, or, you know, to, to keep breathing air. And, you know, they're just going to be against it just because, right? You know, you can't tell me what to do. And a lot of it is that. It's just they don't like the restriction. If they, and, you know, there's this fear that if you lifted the uh, residency requirements, the 60631, which is O'Hare, and 60655, which is down in Mount Greenwood, there's a fear that these neighborhoods would have for sale signs on every property. Mm -hmm. And the truth of it is most people can't really afford uh, to do that. You know, they, they got kids in school. 
They got the mortgages. There's, you know, there's a lot of other factors there that just, you know, don't say, don't point to the fact that if they lifted residency, there'd be a mass run on the door. Um, and so, I mean, to me, it's kind of a, it's a tricky question to be quite honest with you with the active city workers, because like I said, it's uh, like, well, just because you're telling me to do it, I don't want to do it. And the truth of it is most city workers would still reside in the city of Chicago. Uh, yeah. And like I said, uh, this way before your time when Richard uh, J. Daly uh, implemented the rule back in the seventies. And then I, th- I can't remember when they made school teachers, it was, I think it was in the 80s. Don't quote me on this, Jeff. It was later. Yeah, it was, it, later. It was later. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I, it always irritated me because the charter school teachers didn't have the same residency rules. Uh, yeah. You know, so it was like, uh, now you mentioned two tiers. Uh, explain to people, there's actually three tiers, I think. When you, three when you tiers say, now, yeah. Explain to our listeners what the three tiers are. Uh, in 2010, Governor Quinn uh, said that they were going to fix pensions. And, you know, this was their first attempt, quote unquote, for six pensions. Um, I actually actually say second because they attempted to change the uh, benefits. But so what they did was they created a tier two. Instead of retiring, you know, uh, at 55 with a full pension, now you had to work till you're 67. And there was a cap on how much money, uh, how much uh, your pension could be. There was a cap on your cost of living, um, raises and retirement. So this was the first attempt at fixing quote-unquote pensions um and then in 20 roughly late 2016 early 2017 the city did a tier three because there's some concern that possibly tier two violates the safe harbor act where you can't have a retirement benefit that is less than social security and tier two is completely less than uh, social security so this there was an attempt to fix tier two by tier three now and i tell people all the time we just have to get through tier one and kind of ride that out because the tier twos and, you know, it's the theory that these kids know when they take the job that this is the benefit they have. You know, if you don't want the job, if you don't want the, to work for your 67, 65, well, then don't take it. And so when everybody talks about how the generous pension, well, there might have been nicer benefits prior, but now it's evened out with these tier two kids. And the muni fund right now between tier two and tier three is roughly 45, 48 percent tier two, tier three in the last nine years. So we're right on that uh, teeter point between the tier one and everybody else. Uh, so just so I understand this correctly, are you telling me that the tier three uh, employees have a more generous pension plan than the tier two? Well, let's see. Uh, well, let's classify it as, uh, you know, pick off your socks and shoes and we'll do the math on this. Uh <laughs> Tier twos pay 8.5% and we can get a full pension at 67 years old. If you were a tier two, you had the option for one year to sign a piece of paper to say, I want to become a tier three. Now, what does becoming a tier three mean? Becoming a tier three means that you could pay more up to 11.5%. So you go from paying 8.5% to 11.5% and you can retire at 65. So for an, an extra 3% for roughly 40 mm-hmm. years of your career gives you two years extra in retirement. Mm-hmm. And so every uh, the, uh, an employee who pays more, obviously, into his pension, uh, the city doesn't have to pay as much. So the city is, quote, unquote, saving. Yeah, uh, there you go. And, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, the advantage. They, and they, 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 yeah, they call it the normal cost. And there's a normal cost, cost calculation where – 
how much is your pension going to be worth? Right. You know, and you know, these actuaries do these numbers where, you know, are, uh, you're going to live to your seven, a male 79.2 females. I think it's like 80.3 or whatever. And you know, your pension is going to be X amount. So the normal cost of your pension would be roughly like tier three are paying roughly 93% of their entire pension themselves out of their, out of their paycheck. Mm. And that's where the that's where the savings kicks in. Uh, so now, when you say you could retire at sixty five, you mean you could retire and get your f- top pension benefits, correct? Well, uh, it depends upon when you start. You still need to do basically thirty five years. It's not like you can get hired at fifty five and retire at sixty five with a top pension. Right. No, it's still like a multiplier. You still get you know for every year of service, you get two point four. Uh, a credit and after 33 and a third years you hit 80 but you have to work till you're 65 years old to get that so you have to do 30 basically 33 over 33 years and be 65 years old i see and then you get 80 percent of your uh then you get 80 percent yeah so if you're making a hundred thousand dollars you get eighty thousand dollars a year basically you get eighty thousand dollars at 65 years old yeah Yeah. so uh, listen i'm a big supporter of pensions wish i had one uh, I'm, I'm one of those, I got pension envy when I look at, uh, <laughs> but I don't take it to the next yep. step and want to take away from the person I'm envious of. Do you follow what I'm saying? So I just. And well, so yeah, we just, uh, they hired four uh, new kids over at 911. And, uh, you know, I talked to them about just union pensions and stuff like that. And I tell them 20 years ago, when I first got hired with the city of Chicago, there was, you know, uh, there was a like, wow. It's cool that you got a city job. Good for you. Nowadays, that mentality's changed. Nowadays, it's like, oh, you got a pension? Well, I don't have one. Why do you get one? Yeah. And you've seen that change in mentality in the public. Well, I would like, and I know uh, this is not in any the top of any uh, li- a list of priorities uh, of any of the presidential candidates that I followed over the last year. I would like to see us entertain this notion of retirement. And uh, as I always tell our listeners, Jeff, uh, you're going to get old. And it's a reality. I know a lot of my younger listeners don't believe it. You know, they're young forever. Mm. But you're going to get old. And your your worldview will change when you get old. And you can start worrying about, like, how am I going to pay the bills uh, when I can't work anymore? Uh, And I feel as though our country as a whole is just – ignored this issue belittled and made sort of mock made a mockery of it and we don't have a very realistic uh in my opinion um attitude about how people will live and this is so obvious with the pandemic jeff you got so many people locked in nursing homes and you know and you know uh my, my close friends and the people that i constantly debate on these issues i i I always uh, refer to the pendulum effect and so, you know, after World War II, you know, world, uh, the middle class kind of sprouted from that. Mm-hmm. And out of that, you know, unions and, you know, started to organize. And there was a growth in membership from unions, um, dignity and retirement, uh, Social Security, you know, started benefits, started getting a little better. Pensions were really kind of coming out of that. And so I, in a perfect world, I think that that pendulum starts to come back a little bit. And we start to really focus, like you said, on dignity and retirement. And people really start to think about, like, wait a minute, you know, um, we should have pensions. And, like, you know, employers pushing 
100% of retirement off onto their employees and saying like, oh, well, invest in a 401k. If you look at the volatility recently, and I, I tell some of our members, because uh, June 30th is a big retirement date for our pension fund, because it's when like you get your credits for the like for the first six months, and you know, and so you can retire June 30th. And what we saw was, and this is an interesting uh, uh, debate cause, or uh, yeah, fact, because I kept asking about what the hell's going on with these numbers. There were a bunch of people that were slated to retire June 30th that didn't retire. Said, you know what, screw it. And part of the reason, after poking around with some people, was that their 401k took a massive hit for the first half of the year. And they couldn't, and I'll say it, not afford to retire. Some of them needed their 401k to pay the mortgage, pay everything. Uh, but um, it's just they were worried about the 401k coming back. And so I would tell some of the members, you are in a golden spot right now. Because if you don't need your 401k to retire, if you can afford to live on your pension, whatever your salary was, you know, our average salary is like 55000 uh, in the mini fund. If you can retire and live on your pension, you, you can wait for your deferred comp to come back. And if you aren't smart enough to put it in fixed income or put it in something defensive prior, wait till it comes back and then put it into uh, defensive. Imagine having to rely solely on a 401k and you had a June 30th date of retirement and a couple of days ago, you had to put your head down, go back in your boss's office and say, I'm sorry, I was going to retire and I told everybody I was, but I can't afford to retire because my 401k is worth a half of what it was three months ago. And that is something that's like, you know, those lessons you come, like you learn out of this. And that's where it's like 401ks. I mean, they're good as a supplemental aspect, but you can't afford to use those solely for retirement. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's a lesson that people learn. It, it really, you don't start thinking about that, uh, Jeff Johnson, until you're about 50. It's like, oh, uh-oh. No, yeah. Nobody told yeah. me about this. Uh, I'm tired. I'm more tired than I used to be. All right, enough of this depressing talk about pensions. Uh, let's move on to even more depressing to- topic, yeah. booting and ticketing. Uh, the city of Chicago is just, I uh, just was uh, ranting and railing about this one. Uh, Jeff Johnson, get your thoughts uh-huh. about this. Uh, it's all right. N- enough, be- enough, uh, Mr. Nice Guy from the city of Chicago. They're bringing back booting and ticketing. Uh, they suspended it uh, from uh, during the first part of the pandemic, which is interesting. I, I, I guess we're at phase four. So back to booting and ticking. Yeah. Uh, what happens if we go back to phase three or two? Uh, your, yeah, exactly. Your thoughts about booting and ticketing? You know, uh, at some point, the bill comes due, right? And I just, I mean, I heard a lot of people uh, moan and complain and gruff over this when they first gave this amnesty basically in the first place. Because remember, if you go back to the ticketing aspect, we're only going to ticket in cases of emergency. And what was it? Laz, L-A-Z, the uh, meter company? Mm-hmm was sitting over in the corner, raised their hand and kind of said, uh, you can do what you want. We're doing what we want. And Laz kept ticketing people because in their contract, mm. you know, that parking meter deal that you talk about, oh, so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They get, they get to, to have their own ticket agencies. They're not city employees. They're private employees that are out there. And so the city's like, hey, we're not going to ticket you. Laz is like, well, we are, but okay, cool. <laughs> you do what you want. And honestly, though, I mean, I was torn on that, um, you know, just because, uh, you know, there's a pandemic going on. You still have some people working 
And it's like, eh, well, normally I had to pay a meter, but eh, screw it. I'm not paying anything right now. Um, you know, there's still some type of, you know, adherence law, even, you know, in things like, you know, don't get uh, eight parking tickets and put get a goddamn boot on your car. Uh, you know, it's just, there's some kind of middle road there. And I, I get your point on what you were talking about, but I'm a little more towards like, well, you know, we kind of got to, you know, and I say this from a, how should I say, pension trustee standpoint, we need some revenue uh, to come into the city. And I get you're picking on some of the uh, lesser fortunate in, uh, you know, to raise that revenue. Yeah. But, yeah, I, there's really no perfect answer in my mind. Well, it, unless you went to a more progressive form of taxation, that's my answer, and which, of course, everybody's running away from True. that. Uh, that was, th- that's my general point. We get to uh, When you're squeezing the rock to get as much as you can from some uh, – yeah. I, I think it – I forget how many tickets it's uh, before the boot comes in. Is it three? I, th- I want to say it's three, but it's been a while. One of our listeners. I want to say it's three. I, I want to say it's three. I want to say it's three. All right. Uh, you said something that I, in uh, this goes di- uh, diving into the weeds. So there's an assumption that the people – I know this is a common assumption that the, the ticket writers that go around are employees of the city. But what you're saying is no. uh, it's actually not true. Uh, the meters are controlled and owned by the consortium, and they have their own employees. Who? Yes, uh, and I don't know. The, I don't know the total makeup through the consul's office because the Department of Finance runs that. Mm-hmm. But the city of Chicago has some ticket writers, but so does LAZ and the consortium. Uh, and you know, the easiest way is I think our city workers have the orange vests on with the blue shirts, mm-hmm. and the private sector LAZ are the ones that wear kind of like that lime green. Um, and, you know, they, they sit in the lab uh, with the white, uh, their white trucks with the LAZ kind of in like brown letters or something. But, yeah, there are two different uh, segments of uh, ticket enforcement, and they're not all city employees. And my presumption is that the city employees uh, have better benefits uh, than the uh, private employees. That's my assumption. Am I correct on that? Uh, well, at the very basis of it, they get a pension. I mean, and I think they are SEIU, or I know somebody's going to listen to quote me on this one. They ask me or SEIU. Which one? The, um, the city I, or the or the LAZ? The city. city. Yeah, city. Yeah. Laz, yeah, Laz, I don't know what, uh, I, I know very little about that. I mean, give me a couple hours and get to the entire answer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know too much about the private sector aspect yeah. of it because, well, you know, the private sector. <laughs> so when they write the when they ticket you and you pay your ticket, who gets the money? The city? Ooh, uh, that's a very good question that I don't know either. Yeah, uh, that I I will look into that. Yeah. You know, because uh, breaking it down, you know, with because you know we always hear about the the meter company gets the money when they shut it down for like a street fest and stuff like that. So with their ticket enforcement, do they get the revenue as well, or is, does it go to the city kind of on a back party way to uh, do that? Yeah, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I used to know it was cramming for a test. There was a moment in my life, uh, Jeff, back in 2010 or so, where I knew everything about the parking meter deal. It's been 10 years. I forget. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So I, I've just completely forgotten but you're absolutely correct that was the the last point you made 
where if the city shuts down a street before a festival yeah. and, and they can't collect their meters, they get compensated. It's a terrible deal. We got totally screwed. Uh, don't get me fired yeah. up on that one. Uh, all right. Now let's uh, pretend you're in charge of uh, the world of internal reports. And I talked about this all day. I was ranting and railing. Eddie Johnson, I think he got a bum deal. The former police chief here in the city of Chicago, he was forced mm-hmm. out. Uh, and now there's a report. It turns out uh, the inspector general had a report, and the city won't release it. I believe the city should release it. What's your thoughts about the, the report and Eddie Johnson? Uh, I agree with you. He had some very... Uh turbulent times and you know it's like taking over a ship in the middle of it sinking and uh hey you're in charge now what do you want to do um so i do have kind of just my unprofessional kind of like well you know there's all this uh pressure on police officers reports made public keep them for 20 years or indefinite after the, uh, the supreme court just ruled on something you know about how the uh uh, keeping complaints and files against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this one, it's kind of like, well, you know, we want to give it, but nah, we're not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I will say, though, that Eddie Johnson had a soft, Spartan, uh, soft spot in my heart because he came from the ranks. He was a city worker for 29 years. He did the job from PO in the academy and rose through the ranks, um, however you want to call it, right? But he still, he is a career city of Chicago employee. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, there's a soft spot there versus uh, some others that have kind of uh, just come through and then throw the uniform on and, you know, never done the job a day in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, I think that honestly it's a tough political football because of there's a lot of people that are in uh, this entire web. And I think that that's what, you know, you, you know, you got to, like, see, like, okay, you know, from a political standpoint, uh, where is this report going to go and how? Uh, who else does it hurt? You just hit it on the head, Jeff Johnson. <laughs> who is it going to hurt? Yeah, that uh, – but yeah. I had thought yeah. about that. Uh, rules for thee, uh, not for me. Uh, inconsistency that you yeah. pointed out. The movement uh, to have police report for ordinary police officers, complaints – uh, be public for uh, I don't know, twenty years or what have you, but uh, this, twenty years, twenty five. This report they're burying because the the legalese they're hiding behind it. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's a classic rules for the uh, not for me. One more reason why I think the re- report should be released. My guess is, and this is just me speculating and guessing, is that if that report showed the city, the powers that be in this city, exactly what they wanted the public to see, they would release it. My guess is the report doesn't uh, support. That's just my guess on things, uh, Jeff Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've been uh, around the city a long time. All right, before we let you go, uh, get your uh, thoughts, your prediction. I think by the time you come on the show next, uh, Joe Biden will have selected a uh, vice presidential candidate. Really? Uh, to this point, I think he's going to wait until the goddamn election and uh, <laughs> trot the person out there the day of. Hey, here's my girl. Yeah. You know, it's Jesus funny you should Christ. say that. Uh, Joe Biden, I, I was making fun of him 
a lot about a month or so ago because he's hiding, you know, he's hiding out in his basement. Yeah. And, and now it yeah. turns out that he was smart and I was dumb because he just keeps getting higher in the polls by doing nothing, by saying nothing. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying, Jeff Johnson? And um, what's that? The uh, what's that? Uh, Machiavellian uh, tactic of uh, just lay back and uh, let the other let the other side fuck up. Yes, or, that's sorry. exactly correct. That's <laughs> that's how he said it in the Prince. Uh, and uh, so uh, yeah, that's absolutely. You're allowed to swear. It's a podcast, but. Um, I, yeah, yeah, but that's pretty funny. That so he's not going to announce until the day before the election. I choose Kamala. day before the election. Is, here's Kamala. Yeah. Come on out. Uh, yeah, and then, honestly, he's you know still playing footsies with everybody. And I don't know. That just it honestly it's starting to get old in yeah, my mind yeah. already. You know, it's a it's a talking point for a while. The news, you know, they've beat this. You know, I can only read so many stories on the five possible candidates <laughs> he's going to pick. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he's going to hold off for him. Uh, well, are you uh, an associate or a friend with Tammy Duckworth in any way? Did you, your paths ever cross? Uh, I, yeah. yeah, my paths have crossed with her. She's actually very personable. She is funny, uh, you know, quick with a punchline. Um, Biden does not pick her, I don't think. No, I don't think he's going to pick her either, but she's... He's no. certainly allowing her name, to, to your point, to be dropped a lot. So there's some benefit. Still, yeah, coming out there. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people are pushing for Stacey Abrams. I was pushing for Stacey. Yeah, she's not going to get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. She's not going to get it. No. Yeah. I think it's going to be Kamala Harris. Uh, all right. I think so, too. And then, and then uh, her former uh, career uh, choices are going to come back to bite them right in the arse. Uh, and and this is why we've had this conversation with other guests who are very critical of her, and I listen to that, and now I'm starting to think that nobody cares about the Democrat. It's all about Donald Trump. That's what this election Ooh. is. And so okay. he could select Jeff Johnson as his running mate, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it won't matter uh, in the coming yeah. election. Uh, well, there's, Interesting. Uh, I see that. You know, it's all about Trump. All right, Jeff, we got to go. Uh, stay safe, stay sound. Do not mess around with firecrackers, okay? Just stay away from them, all right? Of course, baby. All right, very good. The great Jeff Johnson, thank you uh, very much. Uh, regular every month on the Ben Jarofsky Show. D, before we head out the door, you got any updates? Absolutely, we do. I feel like Jeff Johnson's a fire uh, work guy. I don't know. I got the feeling that back in the day he would, set him off but you know we get old you know no more no more anybody i can't stand those firecrackers all right everybody uh we have more of your one words to describe the first half of the year 2020 turns out i'm the only one who went glass half full oh really yeah. everybody is empty jeff johnson what was his shit show shit yeah. show yeah that was good and, and someone else put that as well but let's read these before we head out of here uh we want to remind everybody uh that uh to follow us on social media at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show on facebook and twitter you can send us an email as well benny j show at gmail.com I'm getting a lot better at forwarding the messages to Ben so he can read them we read Steven's email yesterday isn't that right yes we did it was a good one Steven send him another one we'll read it again alright so let's uh, go to your one words here to describe the first half 
of this horrible year. Uh, we read, uh, I believe we read Shelley's last. So how about Paul? Paul, uh, well, he was going to put his one word, but then he said, yeah, I can't without being banned from Facebook. <laughs> it takes a lot to get banned from Facebook, okay? I don't know. Lately, it really hasn't been. Uh, Facebook? Yeah. Uh, Oh, Zuckerberg's uh, putting the clamp down lately. Uh, and uh, our good friend um, from the Curls, one Mick Fansler, gave us his one word. It, which is? The F word. Okay, Mick and I see eye to eye. <laughs> yeah, that was his. Uh, let's see here. Catherine. What's up, Catherine? Catherine on the Facebook page gave us her one word. Sick. Yeah, man. That's a very, yeah, very yeah, apropos. Sick. All right. Uh, let's see here. John. John gave us his one word to describe the first half of the year 2020. His one word, ostrich. Americans have had their head all the way down in the sand. That is excellent. <laughs> that is so freaking true. We uh, did post this on the Twitter page as well, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. I don't know if we keep this, uh, if we keep getting more responses, maybe we'll read them tomorrow. Uh, Kelly asks, is shit show one word? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> hey, how about uh, uh, homie to clown? Oh, wow, that's a throwback. Uh, at homie to clown, poop ship. <laughs> sure. Homie to clown? Homie, don't play that. All right. Uh, That's one word, poop shit. That's hard to say, by the way. Morgan's one word, radical. Radical. I have to think about that. All right. Uh, How about peace, love, and hockey? I love Twitter. (laughs) Peace, love, and hockey. Uh, Shit. That's all I put. How about Angie? Shitty. A recurring theme. By the way, thanks, Kim Fox, for just opening the gates on this, the shit gates. Really appreciate that. It's a shit storm. Uh, let's see here. How about uh, dictated but not read? <laughs> dictated but not read. Okay. Wait in. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, whatever word this means, and it's a, a, a <laughs> emoji of a guy with uh, curse words uh, banned over his mouth. So... Whatever that word means. Pick, pick a word, I guess. Uh, let me refresh the Twitter page. Looks like we may have gotten a few more. Uh, okay. No, we did not. All right. Uh, back over to the Facebook here. Andrea said fast. We read that. Oh, Dan. Dan gave us his uh, a very lengthy uh, answer, but we'll read it anyway. Dan says, on a scale with 100 being the best, zero the worst, I assign the first half of the year word 20. <laughs> I'm guessing the next half of the year will be just as sucky. So I give that a 20 as well. You know, he's a, he, uh, better, greater than I am. Remember, I give negative three? Yeah. So uh, 20 is not bad. I'd say 20 is, well, it's not a passing grade. Well, if we're grading on a curve, it's a passing grade. <laughs> so there you are. Feel free to weigh in with your one word and why, and we will maybe read those tomorrow. Uh, thanks to the live stream chat. You guys are awesome as always. Uh, we couldn't do the show without you. I mean, we could, but it would be kind of boring. So yeah. thanks a lot. We really appreciate you guys for uh, joining us on the live stream chat. And um, that's it. We're done. We are done. I want to thank Jeff Johnson uh, for being such a great guest. And, of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, Walton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as everybody knows, including Jeff Johnson, back home in Alton, they call him Studley. Oh, oh. <laughs> how did you know? I just, hey, that finally yeah. a word they actually call me back home. Studley, I don't know where that came from. Uh, anyway, give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everyone. Mm-hmm.